Hello friends, you are listening to the Professional Horror Podcast, the number one podcast of 2018, according to my mom. That might be the most outlandish intro joke I've made this entire series. My mom has not even listened to my podcast. Anywho, I am your wonderful and very pretty host, Chris Donovan, and today is a special bonus solo episode. That's right, it's probably going to be my longest episode where I am by myself because I am counting down the top 10 horror movies of 2018 today. Now, before we get into the list, we do have some caveats, some some things to consider, some asterisks, that kind of stuff. I did not see every horror movie that came out in 2018. Some movies I skipped because I just missed them at the theater. Other movies I missed because I didn't really want to see them. Others, I was like, wow, I'd like to see that, but eh, paying that much money to see it? I don't know about that. So, all in all, I saw about... 54, 55 original horror movies that came out in 2018. I have a list somewhere. I don't know why I'm not reading off my list. But that's vintage Chris Donovan, don't you guys know? I also did not get to go to any horror movie film festivals that happened this past year because I am not that cool. I cannot afford nor travel to these wonderful places and see all these wonderful films. So I would recommend if you are interested in those movies that were on the festival circuit, I would highly recommend checking out Nightmare on Film Street's top 10 movies of 2018 because they are so cool they get to go to all the festivals they see all the movies they've seen like over 120 horror movies this year both of them combined I mean, both of them separate they're living the dream guys they're they're goals so i'd highly recommend checking them out but after you listen to my rambling of course because you know i got things to say i'm uh, i'm just rambling at this point what am i doing with my life oh and last caveat because I am not cool enough to go to festivals. I have developed a rule for this podcast where I count a movie as being released in 2018 if it was released to the public, not on the festival circuit. So there are some movies that were festival movies this year. I will count them when they make it to Netflix, Shudder, Hulu, VOD, DVD, Blu-ray, theaters, any streaming service, Redbox even. If once it makes it to them and the general public can view them, that's when I am counting them as their release date. So there are a lot of movies that made the circuit this year that might count for next year's list. Might even count for 2020's list. Who knows? I can't tell when when these movies are going to get released. By the same token, there are, I think, at least least one, maybe more movies, uh, no, at least a couple movies on my list that were released on the festival circuit in 2017 but didn't release, didn't get wide release until this year, so I count them as 2018 horror movies. These are the rules that I'm going by because... I want to talk about these movies that I love, and the fact that I was literally unable to see them last year shouldn't prevent me from, you know, getting to talk about them. Maybe if I'm, in a couple years, if I'm cool enough to start going to these festivals, I'll amend this rule, but as of right now, the hard and fast rule of this podcast is a movie counts for release when it's released to the public at large. So, with all the administrative stuff, with all, with all the caveats out of the way, let's start with my number 10 movie which if i'm going to obliterate my credentials my credibility as a serious horror reviewer i might as well go out in grand style because my number 10 movie is a sci-fi original movie that film being killer high now 
If you guys have listened to my podcast before, you know I love sci-fi original movies. I think they're the best. I simply love them. I have many on DVD. I have a lot of Saturdays in my past that have been spent sat in front of a TV watching just trash creature feature after trash creature feature on sci-fi. And I could not be happier with the time I have spent doing that. So it should be no surprise that I have one on my top 10 list this year. And it's not just because... I like dumb movies. I think Killer High is really, really good. For some background, it is currently rocking a 5.2 out of 10 rating on IMDb. It has no critical reviews at all on Rotten Tomatoes, but it does have five audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, none of which are me. These are five other human beings, because it is currently rocking a 100% audience approval on Rotten Tomatoes. This film was directed by Jem Garrard, who has mostly done TV, movies, short films, and music videos, that kind of stuff, and it is starring Casey Roll, who has been in mostly TV work. She was in Hannibal, she was Megara in Once Upon a Time, she was in The Magicians, things like that. She's wonderful in this movie this is if you want a movie that is just what i want in movies here's a great example of it i have two horror minds basically i have two halves of my horror brain if you will one of which loves dark and sophisticated deep character work right like the babadook and the descent where you can dig into real human issues and you can analyze where the horror represents something wrong with the people i love that kind of stuff it gets my film geek going the other half of that brain loves dumb just throw some blood and ketchup around let's have a good time as it's a monster why is the monster here who cares that's why the monster's here and the movies that i tend to view as my favorites usually hit both of those in some ways killer high surprisingly hits both so casey roll plays a character named sabrina who is going all out for her 10-year high school reunion she's literally donating blood for money so that she can afford everything for this party because she's a character who peaked in high school but not in your traditional sort of peak in high school as in like an athlete or a cheerleader or something no offense to you guys she's actually she was like top of the class president of like seven different clubs popular but she was peaking high High school because she ended up staying behind to take care of her mother who was ill and wasn't able to make the move to college and by the time her mother did pass and she might have been able to she was saddled you know with debt and she was saddled in this dying town with no real escape so she's going all out for this reunion party because she needs this she needs to relive her high school glory in some way shape or form and she also needs to show up her arch nemesis from high school who wasn't held back by anything and went on to do great and wonderful things she you know has a big big money job living in new york city yada 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 unfortunately for sabrina there is a (laughs) killer warthog roaming the streets of the school where they're holding the 10th year reunion a giant warthog by that you might think ah chris you really put a movie with a cgi warthog running through a school as your top 10 list that's where you're wrong it's a practical effect warthog in a sci-fi original movie sure it's just a guy in a giant warthog suit rumbling down the hallways but what i love about this movie is it gives an in-universe explanation as to why it looks like a guy in a warthog suit the reason is it actually is a guy in a warthog suit the mascot costume for this school was cursed so whoever puts on so when someone puts on the mascot costume they become cursed and they transform into this warthog monster to kill you know a certain amount of people it's wonderful so it's literally a guy in a giant warthog costume running through goring people in the high school reunion there's so many there's a lot of 
of great shots where they'll have like it'll ram someone and the camera will pause and almost do like a bullet time thing where it'll everything else is paused and the camera will just zoom around the scene to see people you know flying in the air someone's like holding their dismembered arm in their other hand or something it's just glorious it's fun it's dumb fun but man it ticks a lot of my boxes i wish it came out on dvd and blu-ray so i could buy it and make every single one of my friends sit down and watch this glorious glorious movie because it's wonderful if you are curious if i've sold you on this movie and i hope you do because besides those five other people on Rotten tomatoes i i don't know if anyone else has seen this movie and i hope people do because it's so much fun you can watch it on sci-fi.com or on on demand if you go to sci-fi's website and you go to their movies they'll have a list of movies you can just watch on your computer and killer high is one of them i highly recommend checking it out it's way too much fun so moving right along my number nine horror movie of 2018 is blood fest currently sporting a 5.3 out of 10 rating on imdb and a 60% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, directed by Owen Egerton and starring Robbie Kay. This is a movie you can find on Blu-ray and DVD. I think it's a combo pack. Let me check. I actually have it right next to me. It is. It is a Blu-ray DVD combo pack, and it is a movie about a horror festival. Would you believe it's called Bloodfest? It's very similar to, I guess, a Universal Horror Nights kind of thing, Halloween Horror Nights, where there are different mazes with a different theme, but instead of actual franchises, like, here's the trick-or-treat maze, and here's the stranger's maze, it's made-up mazes and stuff. But of course, to make it all, because it's a horror movie, all of the mazes and all of the killers are all real. It is just absolutely glorious. It's wonderful. We follow these three kids who have gotten into the horror fest, who gotten into blood fest, and someone is just mowing down the entire crowd. And so they realize that, oh, we have to get to the back of the place where they might be able to be an exit. So we have to go through each maze one by one. It's kind of like a, like a road movie, almost an anthology, but with the same cast of characters where they'll be like, okay, now we're in the zombie house. We got to deal with the zombies. Now here are some vampires. We need to deal with the vampires. One of the best scenes for me is when they deal with the slasher who like i said they made their own slasher for it so it's from a movie called arbor day or franchise called arbor day and the slasher the arborist who is coming after them it is wonderful one of the people who ends up becoming a member of their group as they're going through the maze is the original actor who played the arborist and of course for comedic effect he hates horror movies you know he's a petrified person he completely the main character is just completely distraught that he's he's not as big a fan as the movies as he is himself it's it's not perfect it is very much let's have silly fun first and the emotional through line isn't as strong i feel like but there are some really poignant moments there's some really fun stuff if anyone saw hellfest this year which i also enjoy but not as much as bloodfest hellfest is saying let's take this awesome setting and tell a simple story within the awesome festival whereas bloodfest said we're at this awesome festival let's milk it for all it's worth let's get every ounce of horror movie monster fun we can get out of this place and i I loved it for it. It was so, so much stuff happening. So many little fun moments here and there. So many monsters. If you've listened to this podcast, you know one of my favorite movies of all time is Cabin in the Woods. One of the reasons Cabin in the Woods is one of my favorites is because of that scene with the elevators where all the monsters pop out and it's just 20 minutes of carnage. Where it never hits that much of a high point, it is very similar to that in Bloodfest where it is just a giant park filled with various monsters going nuts. So if you can get your hands on a copy of Bloodfest, I would recommend doing it. It's fun. Not the most serious movie on this list but if you put it on you're gonna have a good time it's a it's a great movie night movie 
All right, moving right along. My first three movies are all kind of like fun movies. They're not, you know, not as serious as the rest of the list. So this is going to pretty much round up our fun movie list. <clears throat> My number eight is Anna and the Apocalypse. Currently sitting at 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb and a 79% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. The movie was directed by John McPhail. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And starring Ella Hunt. And this is a Scottish Christmas zombie musical. That's uh, it's quite a lot of uh, tags to it. This movie, I'm usually not for zombies zombies are probably my least favorite subgenre, and the reason why is because so many zombie movies are so similar they're all so dour depressing and it's got the same brown or blue tint over it and it's just everything's that's just a slog through existence whereas this movie is bright it's colorful it's fun it still has some serious zombie movie drama as you might expect but there's just so much fun. This, almost all of the songs are 100% hits. They're fantastic. The characters are so much fun. You want to follow them. There's so many of those traditional zombie things that, you, that are missing in this. You don't get, you know, the one character who's been bit 20 minutes ago and doesn't reveal it to the cast until they're about to die and become a zombie. That's ugh, one of the biggest pet peeves in those in zombie movies. But this movie, like I said, it's just fun. My favorite songs in this movie are probably Breakaway and Soldier at War and maybe also um, I'll Give Them One Hell of a Show. I'd highly recommend you can listen to the soundtrack on YouTube as well. And on the Apocalypse, last I checked, was making a brief theatrical run in limited theaters. I don't know when it's coming to DVD, Blu-ray, VOD. So unfortunately, this is a movie you cannot watch right away. But I'm assuming, because it was in theaters, I'm assuming by this time, by next Christmas, you'll be able to put this on while you guys are sitting around an open fire or whatever you know all the christmas trimmings and maybe it'll give you some new songs to uh, go caroling with next year i hope hopefully at least I highly recommend anna and the apocalypse if you're like me and you think zombie, zombie movies are just kind of too blah and drab this one is very welcome change of pace so my number seven horror movie of 2018 is halloween currently sitting at 6.9 out of 10 on imdb and a 79 percent approval on rotten tomatoes directed by David Gordon Green and starring this person I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis um, she was the star I guess this is the one movie on the list that I've done a full blown episode of so I'd highly recommend checking that episode out so you guys can know my thoughts and feelings if you don't already know but for as many problems as I thought the movie had for as many things that I was like kind of like oh man I can't believe this or they're doing that or I can't believe that line is there there was still so much about it that I just loved so much I can't help but love it and I couldn't help put it on this list because of how much I loved the parts that I loved. I loved how they portrayed Michael Myers. I loved the stuff with Lori. I loved the stuff with Allison. The soundtrack, oh my god, guys. Another thing, totally on iTunes. Listen to the soundtrack to this movie. It is so good, so terrifying, so wonderful. Bless you, John Carpenter. You are a wonderful, wonderful human being. And this movie, it's the best Halloween sequel. And it's even though it's not anywhere close to the original like what uh, what can be close to the original is the thing i cannot wait for it to come on blu-ray because i'll be buying it it's coming out january 15th on blu-ray dvd and digital it's currently on voodoo i believe for digital access already could be wrong but i'm pretty sure but yeah guys i shouldn't need to tell you guys anything else about halloween you don't already know odds are if you're listening to this podcast there's a good chance you've seen it if not if you really want my in-depth thoughts 
definitely check out the episode I did in November, released in November, because I'm just the best at productivity for most of my, the rest of my thoughts, but I loved Halloween. The stuff I loved about Halloween, I really, 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 really loved, and for those reasons, it ends up on. So my number six pick for the top ten horror movies of 2018 is Overlord. Again, it's another zombie movie, and like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of zombie movies, but this is like barely a zombie movie. Currently has a 7.1 out of 10 rating on IMDb and an 81% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Directed by Julius Avery and starring Joven Adepo. Hope I'm pronouncing those names right. But yeah, Overlord is, it's a Nazi zombie movie where these American soldiers have to complete this mission in France in order to ensure D-Day is a success. But while they're there, they find out that the Nazi experiments that are being run in this town are causing some crazy, crazy stuff to happen. The opening scene of this movie is one of the most harrowing and intense things I have ever seen. I'm so glad I saw this in the theaters so I could see this scene on the big screen with the surround sound and all that. It is so intense. I believe you can even see the preview of the opening scene on YouTube if you just look for it. If you, if you type in Overlord opening scene, you'll see the group of soldiers as they are trying to escape. They're trying to parachute out of their plane as it's being fired upon by guns from below. And when our main character gets thrown out of the plane and he's barely missing planes whipping by him trying to find his parachute, he's like going, he's like upside down. It's, oh man, so good. So good. The one flaw I have with this movie, it's not even really a flaw, it's more of something pointed this out to be an I can't unsee it or can't unthink it. Kim from Nightmare on Film Street, she tweeted that this movie would be better if instead of zombies it were werewolves, and she could not be more right about this. Obviously, you guys know I love werewolves, and I'm kind of iffy on zombies. I'm not joking when I say if the experiments of this movie were turning people into werewolves and not zombies, there's a good chance this movie would be number one on this list. There's a very, there's like a 95% chance it would be number one, because werewolves are awesome. But even still, it's a very intense war movie mixed with some intense zombie horror action. And it's really, it's a really good movie. I would highly recommend checking it out. It also has quite possibly the best trailer I've ever seen. I was so excited to see this movie because of how incredible the first trailer for this film was. It's currently not on Blu-ray or DVD, but I believe it is expected to come out in February on Blu-ray, 4K, DVD, digital, all the rest. And when it does, I'll be probably picking up a copy and... I would encourage you to do the same because it's good and when studio horror movies are good we should probably support them so that they keep doing them did not do that great at the box office so hopefully the home video revenue is a little bit better so my number five film is what keeps you alive it's at 5.8 out of 10 on imdb and 81 percent approval on Rotten tomatoes directed by colin minahan and starring Brittany allen and hannah emily anderson this is about a couple of Jules and Jackie, played by those two characters, those two elites I just mentioned, who are spending a weekend at a cabin in the woods belonging to Jackie's family for their first anniversary. But once they get there, Jules notices a lot of things very odd about Jackie's behavior. She mentions her father for the first time with a story. She's a little, she just feels a little bit off. A neighbor comes by and calls her a completely different name entirely. And it's just, she's tell, she's singing weird songs. It's very peculiar this is a movie that i thought was so so stylish and cool once it go once it starts to go there it really goes there it gets nuts 
I thought this movie also really worked well as a sort of an allegory for abusive relationships. There's a scene later on. Now, I'm not, I'm not even going to spoil it. I'm not going to do that to you guys because I want you guys. I'm not going to explain what happens next. It's on Amazon. Find it on all VOD platforms like for four or five dollars. Really, really good. It's a really good cat and mouse type thriller film. And I would just highly recommend checking it out because like I said, once it goes there, it really goes there and it gets really, there's some really interesting stuff with, with style and lighting and the color palette that is used i thought it was a time and a half one of the movies i actually ended up just saw in the past like week or two and just stuck with me and i'm like yep you gotta throw that on your list right away because it's that good and i hope you guys will check it out as well and appreciate it because it's really good all right top four my number four film on the top 10 horror movies of 2018 is the guilty I want to give a big shout out again to Nightmare on Film Street because when I saw their review and it got like 96% approval on their site, I was like, wow, I should probably check this out. And I do not regret it. It is fantastic. It has a 7.6 out of 10 rating on IMDb and a 99% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. It is directed by Gustav Moller and starring Jacob Cedargren or Cedargreen. Pretty much, he's like the one actor in this movie. I mean, there's there's more actors, but you know what I mean. If you watch it, you know what I mean. It is a Danish film. It's the the original title is, I believe, like Der Skylage. If you were so inclined to watch it in Danish, I don't know why you would. Unless you're Danish, which in which case, you know, hello from America. I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, The Guilty is a one-location crime thriller that is so intense. Our main character, Asker, he's a cop who was a beat cop working the beat, but because he's under investigation, he's been bumped down to dispatch duty. And the entire movie is just him in this room dealing with the various aspects of this abduction that he's doing, this one 911 call that he's working at every angle he possibly can. And it's so great because he's a beat cop. He's a man of action. He wants to go out there, you know, knock down some doors find some answers and solve the case but he's chained to this desk he cannot leave this room he has to work the phones and so he's just calling everyone he's trying to make this case solve as quickly as possible but he can't he's hampered by his situation and all of the tension comes from the various information he learns throughout the course of the night through these phone calls with different people his acting in this movie is so good it is phenomenal because he has to carry this whole movie by himself once you get past the like half hour mark where he moves into the private room for his dispatch calls he's the only face you see until the last like 10 minutes of the film pretty much the whole rest is just him on the phone you hear people's voices over the phone you hear what they're saying but you never cut outside the room to what to their them with their phones it's just him talking you see his face the whole movie and he carries it so well oh so intense so dramatic so wonderful this movie is available to watch on amazon and your various vod platforms is i believe last i checked it was seven dollars on amazon which you know you might people might balk at but i would highly recommend checking it out because it is a wonderful thriller it is a great movie and the acting in it more than deserves a lot. My number three film is A Quiet Place. It has a 7.6 out of 10 rating on IMDb and a 95% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. Directed by John Krasinski and starring John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. This was probably the most amazing and intense theater experience I've ever had because the movie is so quiet and the sound design is so good that even the people watching it with me in the audience, it seemed like we were all nervous to make a noise. We were nervous to crinkle our wrappers. We were nervous to sip Tulali from our sodas because it was so quiet and everything was so intense in this movie. I've used the word intense like seven times, but 
it's true. A lot of these movies are really intense. When I learned screenwriting, we were told that you need to relieve tension in scenes. You can't be tense all the time, otherwise audiences get numb to it. This movie, I thought, was a masterclass in relieving just enough, but still maintaining such tension throughout the movie. It almost like it didn't let up, but none of us went numb because of just something this movie did that was just that just clicked. I only have one major fault with this movie, and that's why it's not in the top two, because I thought everything else about it, the monsters, the sound design, the acting, the everything was fantastic. However, I kind of knew what the creature's weaknesses would be early on, because have the people in this universe never seen Tremors, or do they know anything about Venom? This is a very, these creatures pick up sound really intently. If you drop a baseball three blocks away, they're going to hear you. I feel like that should have been an obvious tip-off to what they should do to beat these monsters, but apparently no one's watched Tremors in this universe, which is a shame because Tremors is fantastic. But so is this movie. I can look the other way on that flaw because the rest of the movie is just so good. A Quiet Place is currently out on DVD, Blu-ray, digital, all the things. Go and watch it. It's great. My number two film is called The Endless. It has a 6.5 out of 10 rating on IMDb and a 95% approval on Rotten Tomatoes, directed and starring Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. And this movie was made for like $300,000, which is nothing in the film world, especially with what they were able to do with it. It's fantastic. So in this movie, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead play brothers, and they both belonged to what the older brother calls a hippie death cult, or a UFO hippie death cult. And they escaped it a decade ago. But now they're kind of, they're down on their luck to, to a certain extent. They both have, you know, no money. They're working a cleaning job. They're making ramen in the house that they're cleaning for lunch because they just have no money. Their car is broken down and they should have gotten a new one years ago, but they just, you know, can't because they don't have enough money. When one day they receive a videotape from the cult that they used to belong to. And the younger brother says, you know what, maybe we should just, we should visit because he didn't see it as a UFO death cult. He saw it as we were just a group of people living together helping each other we all had clothes we all had food we were all taken care of we didn't there was nothing shady about this place where the older brother sees it as they were trying to manipulate him and their psychiatrist recommends that hey maybe they should take a look at this place stay for a day just to sort of get it out of their system kind of thing and so they do and when they get there they start seeing mysterious events unexplainable things there's things in the water there's an unexplainable tug of war game they play early on all the people don't seem to have aged a day they look up one day and there's like three moons and like two of them like one's full and the other two are like half moons it's so freaky it's more of a sci-fi than straight horror but it has some very um lovecraftian style elements to it very very trippy very deals with a lot of time blue kind of things and man it is a wonderful film and the fact that they were able to make this on 300 grand is staggering that they were able to do this it's so well made so well written and directed that i couldn't get enough of it it is currently on netflix so if you have a netflix subscription I would check it out because it's a fun concept. It's a good movie. I don't think you'll regret watching it. So before I get to number one, I'd like to have some honorable mentions. And even my honorable mentions, it was a struggle to narrow it down. I have 10 honorable mentions. It was a struggle to get ghost stories off this list to keep it on 10. But hey, I gave ghost stories a shout. So there we go. It's an honorable, honorable mention. My honorable mentions are La Manoir or The Mansion. You can find that on Netflix. Horror comedy. Fantastic. Assassination Nation. I did a whole mini review on that movie. So you can check that out. A lot of fun. Should be on DVD Blu-ray soon, I believe. Cam. Movie on Netflix. 
fun, trippy, thriller type movie. Lots of fun. Upgrade. Upgrade is so good. It's on DVD and Blu-ray right now. It's about a man who is who becomes paralyzed and is given a robotic upgrade so that he can use his legs again. It's almost like iRobot meets the Flash Thompson Agent Venom from the comics a little bit. It's very similar to a Venom type story too. It's it's wonderful. The Ranger, which is directed by a fellow UArts alum, Jen Wexler, shout out UArts. A punk rock slasher that is currently available on Redbox. But if you if you don't want to go to Redbox, Redbox. If you have a Shutter account, it's coming to Shutter in February. And I would recommend checking it out because it's a lot of fun. Mandy, the trippiest, trippiest movie on Shutter, which the fact that Nick Cage is not the weirdest thing in a movie should speak volumes on how weird Mandy is, but it's a lot of fun. Calibre, which is on Netflix. Again, more of a thriller, but really good thriller. Really enjoyable. Very intense. Take a shot every time I say the word intense in this episode. Don't, you'll die. I do not encourage dying on this podcast. Unfriended Dark Web. It's, oh man, it's so good. I'm a big fan of the Unfriended films, the Unfriended franchise, and this movie was so intricate and intriguing. Ah, two different I-N words, take that. People who want to take more shots when I say intense. But yeah, this movie was a lot of fun. I highly recommend checking it out. It's on DVD, Blu-ray, digital, all the things. Possum, which is a movie that I thought was going to be a lot more crazy and off the wall than it was, but it was still a really intriguing story about grief and trauma and things like that. Very similar to The Babadook, but it's not quite as crazy or as even as good as The Babadook. But if you want to see a movie by a guy tormented by a giant spider puppet with a human head, this is the movie for you. And my last honorable mention is my most most controversial movie that I did not put on the top 10. Please don't kill me that I put a sci-fi original movie above this. It's Hereditary. Hereditary, I've seen this movie twice now. The first time I saw it in theaters and was let down because I because I think that the hype train hyped it up a little too much for me. I thought it was good. I thought it was very good, well acted, well directed, but a bit too long and a bit boring in the middle. But then afterwards, I kind of talked myself up. I was like, no, 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 Chris, you're you're being too hard on it. You're letting the hype ruin it for you. Remember that scene? That was really good. Remember this? Remember that? Oh, it was so good. You gave it a hard rap. So I watched it again, and uh, I came crashing back down to my original opinion. And it's really good, but it hurts to say this because I know a lot of people really, really love this movie. And I wanted to. I wanted to be with you. I wanted to be on that side of the fence saying, yes, this is the scariest, best horror movie in ages. But it just didn't it didn't do it for me. Didn't do it for me. It's more of a family drama than a horror movie. And I think the family drama aspects are also a bit underbaked. Some of the most scary and intense sequences in movies that I saw this year. And some of the best acting. I think Tony Collette should get an Oscar for this movie, even though I didn't love it as much as everyone else did. I think she was fantastic in this movie. But at the end of the day, I just didn't love it. I liked it, thought it was really good. If I'm making a list based on the top 10 best horror movies, best, most well-made movies, it would most certainly be on this list, probably near the top. Maybe not the top, because I think that it could have used another trip to the editing room to slice off and make it a little bit less slow and boring in the middle. But it would definitely be on there. But since this is my top 10 favorite horror movies of this year, it's not on the list. I'm sorry. I wanted to love it, but I don't. <sighs> 
feels good. I feel like I'm purging all my negative emotions. So my number one horror movie of 2018, my favorite horror movie of 2018, the one that I've already rewatched multiple times and will probably rewatch it multiple times in the future because of how much I love this movie. I've even mentioned it a few times on this podcast this year. It is The Ritual. The Ritual is number one for me. It has a 6.3 out of 10 rating on IMDb, a 72% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. It is directed by David Bruckner and starring Rafe Spall. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. This movie is everything I want in a horror movie. It has a bunch of witty friends bantering with one another. It has an emotional B story that involves friends going through struggles, not first love stuff. It's it's about friends or family, not two people who want to take each other to the bone zone and then do it. It's got loss in the woods stuff, practical creature design, practical effects. It is so good. Oh my god. Like I said in my earlier in the list this year, I think this movie is better than the book it's based on. And even though I saw this movie back in February, it stood the test of time. And at no point this year did I watch a film and say, that's ahead of the ritual for my top 10 list of 2018. Not once. All year long, I was like, this is it. This is number one for me. Because I thought this was so much fun. The character dynamics are all well acted. They're all interesting. They're all realistic. Everyone sounds like a real person. The scares are very intense, very cool, very intricate. The creature looks lovely, looks amazing. So scary looking. And the second half of the book, which I thought was very, ugh, it was just too long, it was too much nothing happening, it wasn't scary, it wasn't fun. They not only reduced that, but they also changed it to make it a lot better and a lot more interesting. This movie is a total win for me. It's on Netflix right now. Go and check it out because it is my number one favorite horror movie of 2018 and I cannot recommend this movie anymore. It is so, so wonderful. Oh, man. That was... That was a lot of talking. This is why I normally have a guest with me, so I can sort of uh, share the load of talking, because my throat is just dead right now. But anyway, guys, those were my top 10 favorite horror movies of 2018. I hope you guys liked my list. I hope you guys check out some of these movies that that you may have missed over the course of the year. And I hope you guys stick with me until the next year, where I'm going to be covering more movies, hopefully cover some of these movies in actual full episodes with some of my friends and some other people who want to talk about these movies. If someone wants to come on this list and try to convince me that I misjudged Red, again i am more than welcome to have you guys on show me the error of my ways because i want to love this movie i just don't but so quick summary 10 killer high find it on sci-fi.com number nine Bloodfest. find it on blu-ray number eight and the apocalypse look for it on blu-ray in the next year number seven halloween find it on blu-ray january 15th number six overlord look for it on blu-ray probably around february time number five what keeps you alive find it on vod right now number four the guilty find it on vod right now number three a quiet place find it on blu-ray dvd digital right now number two the endless find it on netflix right now and number one the ritual find it on netflix right now hope you guys liked my list hope to make this a every year thing where i see enough movies to actually justify making a top 10 list a lot of movies coming out in 2019 that are going to be really exciting to see as well i'm looking forward to happy death day to you pet cemetery it chapter 2 scary stories to tell in the dark are you afraid of the dark lose which i've heard a lot of great stuff about it but if i have to say one movie that i can't wait for to see next year if this movie is half as good as i think it will be it will be on this list come next year you can mark that down right now i'm looking forward to satanic panic 
which is a Fangoria release directed by Chelsea Stardust and written by one of my favorite authors, Grady Hendrix. So I'm hoping that movie is as good as I expected to be. I'm looking forward to it. Hope you guys will check it out as well. Because again, support all those horror movies out there. It's a great time for horror, but let's keep it going so we can get more and more great horror movies. Anyway, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Professional Horror. Or if you want to email me your top 10 list of 2018, or if you want to yell at me for not liking Hereditary, you can email me at ProfessionalHorror at gmail.com. And please subscribe and rate this podcast on iTunes. And until next time, stay scary, but keep it professional.